0: Welcome to this episode of Curating Crypto, where we focus on covering the art and culture scene surrounding the crypto space. And now, here's your host, Javo Villalobos. Hello, everyone. This is Havo, your host of Curating Crypto. Today, we have Duncan and Griffin Cockfoster, the founders of Nifty Gateway, joining us from New York City. They've had quite a busy year from their URL company getting acquired by Gemini, the crypto exchange and custodian owned by Cameron and Tyler Winkleboss to a coast-to-coast move from San Francisco to New York City. Identical twins, they had been living separately, Griffin in New York City and Duncan in San Francisco, until their passion for building and all-things crypto, tech, and digital art brought them back together to chase a dream. Duncan first got into Nifty's when he learned about CryptoKitties. He attended Emory University and received a Bachelor's of Science in Computer Science in 2017. He has always been interested in technological frontiers, and ever since he saw the amazingly passionate community of Nifty collectors, he has been hooked. Griffin got his first job out of Washington University at St. Louis at Jed.com in Hoboken, but quickly grew restless and longed for the independence and opportunity of starting his own company. He moved here to San Francisco, convinced Duncan to quit his job, and the rest is history. They are here to talk about their 2.0 launch of Nifty Gateway, talk about NFTs in general, and why they have the goal of having 1 billion people collecting NFTs. Without further ado, let's welcome Duncan and Griffin to the show. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, we really appreciate the opportunity. The pleasure is mine. First and foremost, tell us a little bit about yourselves. What is your background? How did you get into NFTs? Then maybe close it off by talking a little bit about your move from San Francisco to New York City. Less on the hassles of actually moving from coast to coast itself and more what changes on a day-to-day basis. San Francisco has a great scene, an incredible pool of technical and business acumen, How does it compare to what you've experienced so far in New York City? And then from an art perspective, how does one city compare to the other?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I I guess I'll start. Uh, This is Duncan. My background has sort of always been uh, as a coder. You know, Griffin and I, we both started programming from a pretty young age. And we've really always been interested in frontier technologies and, you know, like the new thing that's going on. I think that's a lot of what attracted me to the crypto and to Nifties. And uh, I got into Nifty's in 2017, basically when CryptoKitties became enormous. I thought that was really interesting because it was very unexpected. I don't think anyone expected CryptoKitties to do as well as it did. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how I got into Nifty's. As far as the move from San Francisco to New York, I think you're right that San Francisco is an awesome city. It has a, a ton of very smart people. However, it doesn't really have a, the same focus on the art and culture scene that New York has. So I think that's my favorite part of making the move is that, you know, in New York, there's so much diversity. There's people who work in fashion, you know, there's people who work in art, there's people who work in media. Um, I think it's a much better place to build a, a nifty company because, you know, so much of making people care about nifties is like, how can we make this relevant to, you know, the world of culture? And in New York, we're just simply much closer to that world.
0: And how quickly have you been able to establish those relationships with those in the art scene in New York City? Yeah, one of the best parts
1: about being in New York and the the Gemini acquisition overall is like we have been able to meet with a lot more people from the art community than we would be able to otherwise. So we have been having a ton of conversations with a lot of different artists. We, you know, we we basically explain what nifties are to people on a daily basis. And, you know, that's one of my favorite parts about the job. Um, Griffin, what do you think? Yeah, outreach to the artist community is something we're really, really focusing on a lot. Um, And we've seen a really positive reception from artists who've never even heard of Nifty's about the concept. I'd say they view it as a new medium, which is certainly how we view it, too. And it's been really, really exciting to see their, their eyes kind of light up and realize what's possible from a creative perspective by making a persistent, decentralized
0: digital good that, you know, their collectors can truly own. Excellent, guys. Good answer. So in terms of the podcast, I think I'm in a pretty good space in the sense that if something happens related to crypto art, somebody's either going to reach out or send an article or at least mention. And when the news broke about Nifty Gateway getting acquired, there were two very distinct camps. So the first one was great for the guys, looking forward to see what they can do with this investment. This is going to be bringing a lot of much new reflectors. Where the other camp was, who are these guys? Why are the Winkle Boss Brothers getting into the space? And it made me appreciate that we're still very early in terms of NFTs. While some people may understand which projects are running in terms of NFTs, who are the exchanges the people behind them, some people are fairly new. And what happened six months ago is completely unknown to them, right? What's your perspective on this? And then in terms of the acquisition, aside from any financial incentive, what made you decide to go down this route? Was it an affinity in terms of vision, in terms of what uh you guys could do jointly in terms of growing the space uh what can you tell us about this yeah i mean i,
1: I think uh to the first thing you said this you know this is a space that's ever evolving we, we got involved in nifty's back in late 2017 and you know the projects that were coming out back then the people that were involved in it i think was actually quite different than the people who are involved in it now there you know there's honestly a lot of attrition that happened in uh, late 2017, early 2018, as, as there was in basically all areas of crypto. I think a lot of people came into the space with unrealistic expectations and, you know, didn't realize what would be involved in bringing a technology like Nifty's mainstream. And uh, I think that was a lot for a lot of people. And they just they realized that that was not something that they wanted to like to be involved in. So for us, you know, we, we really were strongly involved in that early group. know we we did a bunch of projects with nifty gateway 1.0 we nifty gateway 1.0 was a a a tool that let people purchase nifties with a credit card and we had quite a few partnerships there but then we were sort of quiet for a little bit as we you know like decided what we were going to do next and slowly built nifty gateway 2.0 and now that we're ready to launch nifty gateway 2.0 i think we're really going to be out in public trying to get the word out as much as possible and active participants in the space so I think that's, that's probably why there's two camps of people, people who had heard of us and people who hadn't, because the space really is changing so quickly.
0: So one of the reasons why you guys built Nifty Gateway 1.0 was to tackle one of the larger problems in terms of uh, NFT ownership. There are multiple things that can work better, I would say. But there's definitely a few things that always kind of resonate around the topic of NFT ownership, one being the intangibility aspect of it. Intangible assets are hard to explain for a newcomer and it's, this is beyond NFT ownership. So we have brand ownership. We have intellectual property. This is hard to explain for somebody that's not familiar. The other is the one that you guys wanted to tackle, which is essentially break the barrier of crypto immersion for somebody that's not in crypto. There are projects that are uh, working on this and making it a bit more seamless, which, such as Formatic, for example, that are trying to bridge that gap. But you definitely identified a, a big opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you raised a couple of really, really good points. And it's totally in line with how we think about crypto and nifties. Accessibility is, you know, it's of paramount importance. And I think if you look at history, it it took accessibility for the internet to grow. There's a reason Netscape was such an important piece of technology, because it made the web truly accessible for the first time, or I guess mosaic before it. And we really think it's going to take something similar for crypto to go as mainstream as we want to see it go. You know, our mission is to get a billion people collecting nifties. So that's why like, UX is front and center for Nifty Gateway. We've kind of done all the work on the back end to make it as easy as possible for someone to access. You can abstract a lot of the stuff away with a cryptocurrency experience, but we kind of think doing everything on the back end the way we have will really just make it easy for anyone to get started. And you know we, we anticipate that that'll lead to a lot of people coming in the funnel through Nifty Gateway. And then once they learn about Nifty's that way, they'll go sign up for a MetaMask and start using cryptocurrency. We see it as a great entry point. You know, And as a part of that, like you also said, the intangibility is a a difficult aspect, which is why we're focusing so much on education. I think you saw a really, really similar thing with Bitcoin, where at first in 2012, people really didn't get it. It takes a lot of explaining for someone to understand why Bitcoin is such an important invention. And we see the exact same effect with Nifty's. We see a lot of parallels between where NFTs are today and where
0: Bitcoin was in 2012, which is why we're so bullish on their future. Absolutely. I mean, if you look back at Bitcoin in 2012, 2013, Coinbase was just starting, right? Um, and the experience was terrible. I remember opening a ticket with them because I have multiple last names because I'm Hispanic. It took one or two years to get it resolved. Uh, Gox crashed in 2014. Of course, the Winkle Boss twins know about but instant. But the early adopters suffered through terrible experiences in terms of uh, UX um, in favor of being part of an innovation. It's no different with NFTs, uh, the early adopters kind of go through the process, the platforms learn about the experience, what needs to change, and slowly but surely, the process becomes more refined and then it gets prepped for adoption. Now Bitcoin is ubiquitous. You can get onboarded pretty easily with Cash App and many other options. So if there's really the need to invest, it makes it really easy for somebody that's not as technically savvy as we needed to be back in the day. Exactly. And to continue with this thought process, what is the NFT world that you want to create with this relaunch of Nifty Gateway?
1: I think if if we could simply define what our goal is here, we're basically trying to make a an NFT experience that doesn't require a cryptocurrency onboarding. This is something that we learned doing Nifty Gateway 1.0. Nifty Gateway 1.0, as I mentioned, was a product that allowed people to purchase Nifty's with a credit card. And we saw the way that people used it. It, it was especially important when a lot of new people were signing up for our project. You know, like when Gods Unchained went through that whole thing with the China censorship issue, we saw a bunch of new signups on Nifty Gateway because new people were flooding into the space. They were extremely confused by the cryptocurrency onboarding. And, you know, they wanted to buy Gods Unchained cards and a credit card was simply the easiest way to do that. But we realized that even if we allowed people to purchase Nifty's with a credit card, they still had to go through the cryptocurrency onboarding if they wanted to display them, if they wanted to... Sell them, and they still had to deal with managing a wallet, which I think for many people is extremely intimidating. You know, a lot of my friends that I talk to, when I bring up crypto, they'll say like, "Oh yeah, in twenty seventeen, I like got some ERC twenties, but then I lost my Metamask seed phrase, and like I haven't looked at it since." And I think, uh, I think we basically looked at those things, and we were like, "Wow, we could onboard a lot more people into this space if we had a." you know, an NFT experience that didn't require people to go through cryptocurrency onboarding. So that's basically what we built with Nifty Gateway 2.0. You sign up for an account, you purchase Nifty's with a credit card, and then you put them up for sale for US dollars and you cash out the proceeds directly to your bank account. So you never have to get cryptocurrency to do anything on Nifty Gateway 2.0. You can experience Nifty's, you can experience all the cool parts about Nifty's, you can collect them, you can show them off without having to go through that cryptocurrency onboarding, which is extremely onerous. We think that's gonna be incredibly important just because it'll open up the space to new people who wouldn't have had access to it without this. It really expands the type of projects that we can do. For example, we have a project planned where we'll basically use Nifty's in a viral sort of way to see how much money we can raise for a charity that we're working with. I think it'd be really hard to have any sort of Nifty project go viral if every person you told about it had to go through the cryptocurrency onboarding, you know, you wouldn't be able to get that viral loop because I would tell my friend, like, oh, buy this nifty. And then they even if they wanted to, they'd likely get stuck. You know, they'd they'd find the whole thing confusing and they'd have to go through this like very long educational process. Now we can do viral projects, you know, we can do mainstream projects. We can work with so many people that we couldn't work with otherwise because the onboarding is so simplified and so much closer to what people are used to using. So that's really why we chose to go this route. For us, it's all about adoption. How many people can we get into this space? How can we get people excited about collecting nifties and how can we make sure that once they are excited, you know, they, they hit buy.
0: Very interesting. So what can you guys tell me about what's happening in this space? We're seeing a lot of experimentation. So to bring up a couple of projects, we have Jim McNellis working on Avastars, playing with metadata and stuff living on chain. We have AsyncArt uh, playing with programmability, how we can display art. We're seeing a maturation, not only in the smart contract, but also in the way you can explore the NFTs. What are you guys doing on Nifty Gateway to continue that momentum?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we were really, really impressed with ASIC Art. It's a project that we're like a really big fan of and I think something you hit at about the pro- programmable art is really, really compelling. And uh, when we've been pitching nifties to people who have never heard of them, who have followings in the art world, but not the nifty world, they find that aspect incredibly cool because it's not like you can paint a painting and then have the painting change programmatically. It, it's a great illustration of how stuff is possible in this new medium that wasn't possible before. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're super, super excited about that. And we want to work with projects like that on Nifty Gateway as much as we can while still maintaining our focus on accessibility. There are some challenges integrating more complicated Web3 functionality with the system that we have, but that's what excites us the most about Nifty's. So it's definitely something we're going to focus on going forward. And then another angle I really, really like is Nifty's as kind of the decentralized digital item infrastructure for a digital world. I think we've only seen the beginning of Nifty's you know, existing interoperably in different worlds and how you can buy crypto art and display it into central land and crypto voxels. I just think that's an incredibly cool use case. And we love to see NFTs go into dozens or hundreds of different digital worlds because there's so many out there. And NFTs is the sort of decentralized digital item infrastructure across all of them. is just incredibly
0: cool, we think. The following is a question that comes from the community. Is Nifty Gateway an aggregator such as OpenSea? Is it a project that's gonna launch with its own artists or is it a combination of both?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it's it's closer to the latter, I would say. Basically, Nifty Gateway 2.0 has, has two elements. And again, the, the whole overriding philosophy of it is let people experience the magic of NFTs without making them go through cryptocurrency onboarding. So the first aspect of that is our, our US dollar-based secondary marketplace. If you have a Nifty that you wanna sell, then you just put it up for sale. If it's successful, you can cash out the proceeds directly to your bank account. You know, you never have to sign up for a crypto wallet or an exchange. And then the second aspect of that is working directly with people to make projects, to make awesome nifty projects um, that wouldn't otherwise be making nifties. Those two things really work together to create a complete experience, which is a place where you can experience amazing nifty projects without having to go through cryptocurrency onboarding. And then, as far as like, will we serve as an aggregator for already existing projects? Our our plan is right now is to do that and to let people trade some existing projects on the secondary marketplace as well as the projects that we originate. And then our plan for that is to sort of uh, slowly figure out which projects we want to onboard and which projects we want to list. Our main concern with listing new projects is that it opens up a lot of fraud risk, which is something that we've dealt with in the past, but Basically to summarize, we'll be doing a little bit of both, where we will be generating really exciting new projects, working with people that have never made Nifty's before, you know, trying to introduce the magic of Nifty's to an entirely new group of people, and then also operating a secondary marketplace where you'll be able to trade Nifty's from the projects we created, and then also Nifty's from projects that we did not create, but that more slowly. And that's something that we build up to and slowly list more projects.
0: Excellent. And what can you tell us about the launch? Are you partnering with existing crypto artists? Are you bringing in somebody new? What can you share with the audience? Yeah, absolutely.
1: We're launching with a group of artists we're really, really excited about. And then we're launching new projects every two to three weeks. And some of the most exciting artists are coming later, but we have some people that we're just super, super excited about. And I guess I could tell you about some of them and I'm sure Duncan wants to jump in because he's really excited about who we're launching with too. Um, The first artist we're launching with is named Michael Kagan. He's an amazing fine artist and his work is all focused on the future and innovation. He has uh, a line of paintings of spacemen that a lot of people really, really enjoy. One of his biggest collectors is Yasuke Maezawa, the eccentric Japanese billionaire that Elon Musk is flying to the moon. So his work has really penetrated a lot of different areas. To me, like his work kind of feels like watching the movie Interstellar. It's like a reminder of what can happen in America when we're bold enough to like dream big and go to space, almost harkens back to a lost era. And that, that's what I really like about his art. And for example, he just sold a work at Christie's on Thursday for $40,000, which is above the high estimate. So we're really, really excited to be working with him. We're watching with three people total. We're watching with Michael Kagan and then another fine artist named Lila Werko. His work is all about freedom of expression and youth. and. His, the main manifestation of that is the Boombox Project, which he's been doing since 2005. It's, a, you know, it's a, a project that started off originally in photography, where he would just go photograph a bunch of different boomboxes. Then he moved to sculpture. And when we told him about Nifty's, he was like, okay, I want to bring the Boombox Project to a third medium, to Nifty's as well. The Boombox Project is you know, it's somewhat of a sensation among music industry elites. It's collected by Jay-Z, Beyonce, Kanye West, and many others. And we think it's amazing that an artist like Lyle is embracing the nifty space and like trying to make nifties for the first time. And so I guess really the theme here is like, like we've been saying, you know, our goal really is to bring nifties to people who have not experienced them before. We want to grow the space, the accessibility of the platform is one part of that. And then bringing on artists who are, you know, successful in other mediums and saying like, hey, you should try out this new medium. You can do things that you can't do in other mediums. That's the other aspect of what we're doing.
0: It's really exciting to see people of that caliber kind of embrace and move into NFTs. I recently wrote an article for a Bitcoin publication. And one of the things that I mentioned there is that when a space emerges, the first people that work on art are not necessarily artists, but adoptees. So people that are embracing the technology in this case, and then get inspired and make art. When you start reaching the level of maturity is when the artists that are not in the medium get excited about this. So uh, this is exactly what's happening here.
1: Yeah, no, I think we are super, we're extremely thrilled that these artists, like, you know, we could be their entry point into Nifty's. Um, and then they could, they could go from, you know, doing, doing gallery shows, you know, having exhibitions in museums to creating a set of Nifty's. I also don't want to miss the opportunity to mention the third project we're launching with which is not an artist, but I think is also a very cool application of Nifty technology and something that we really want to play up. We're also launching a collectibles project with Chris Cyborg. She's an MMA fighter with a huge following and a really passionate fan base. Uh, She's been interested in crypto for a long time and she is really excited about the opportunity to use Nifty's as a way to engage her fan base and make basically a new form of memorabilia, like digitally native memorabilia. So we're making a nifty with her. It looks, it looks absolutely amazing. And we can't wait for her to like tell her entire audience about this new type of digital merchandise that they can collect from her.
0: That's very cool. I've never met her personally, but I know she's a great person. And in terms of her getting into niftys and being excited about this space just makes it so cool. Cause I know it's going to attract a very different crowd into this space.
1: Yeah. I think our entire, I mean, we're, we're really excited about our entire launch lineup. We can't wait to get out there and like tell the story of all the projects that we're trying to create. And for us that's really just the beginning because, you know, we have new content dropping every two to three weeks and we're really aiming to make it an adventure. You know, I think we'll we'll judge ourselves to be successful if you open up your mailbox and you get a new email from Nifty Gateway and you're like, Holy crap, what have these guys come up with this time? You know? Like we really want to push the creative boundaries of what's possible and, you know, get people into making niftys that wouldn't have even thought about it a few years ago and I think that to a great start with our launch partners.
0: One of the articles that I read recently about Nifty Gateway came from New York Mag, and the person writing the article was talking about the idea of partnering with street brands such as Supreme, not only working on the drop of the clothing item or whatever random object has their name and branding, but also taking this opportunity to create something digital that ties it all together.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that, you know, our launch partners, like we're really off to a great start because even the the conversations that we've had since, you know, it's, it's crazy how these things can snowball where we're like, yeah, we have Michael Caine on board, we have Lyle on board, and then a lot of other fine artists are like, oh, I know those guys, like, perfect. You know, like, I've, I now feel comfortable doing it. So I think uh, this is really like a, an entry point, And we're going to see a lot more fine artists and traditional artists like entering this space and... I'm really excited about that because it really means that we're going to see an explosion of creativity.
0: And speaking of starting points, when did you guys started collecting? I can tell you that I was more of a physical crypto art collector, but I've been slowly transitioning more into digital. When did you guys get started? were the very first pieces you collected and how many NFTs do you have?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I own a few thousand NFTs. Like, I I honestly own quite quite a lot and um, some of my favorite projects are... You know it's kind of sad because like the, I have to walk back through memory lane. Like I, I was a big fan of this project called Crypto Strikers, which no even I don't even think anyone remembers it anymore. The guy who was making it stopped doing it, and I think there were some licensing issues, so it got delisted from OpenSea. I, maybe I'm not sure. I, I tried looking for it on OpenSea, and I couldn't find it the other day. But it was basically you know a, sort of an attempt to. It was for the World Cup. And the the were just beautiful, like they're they're truly gorgeous. And I had a, like a lot of different cards from that project. It didn't get a ton of traction, but I I really like I love the aesthetic of it, which for me is like such a big part of collecting a nifty, which is like do you like the way visually that it looks. And I think the first nifty I collected was Crypto Kitties, which is a probably a, a pretty common experience. I'm not enough of an OG to say that it was Crypto Punks, although I do I have increased my collection because I think it's a CryptoPunks is like a very, you know, a great project with a lot of longevity. And it's really like when I, when I talk about Nifty's, it's like the first uh, first project I talk about. And then I guess uh, as far as physical collectibles, I was pretty into collecting sneakers in high school. Griffin and I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering. Yeah, we did. That was a good entry point in Nifty's. We used to play Magic the Gathering all the time when we were kids. So when I saw Gods Unchained, it clicked instantly for me. And I also had a lot of friends in college who were really into Hearthstone. And I was like, wow, this use case just makes so much sense. And then when you see the secondary market for a thing like Gods Unchained, I don't know. I think it's very powerful. Axie Infinity is also another project that's a favorite of mine. I have a smaller collection of Axies, but I love Axies. I just think they're so cute. And they do such a good job, you know, branding themselves. So that's another favorite for
0: sure. Very cool. Then you guys brought up a very good point in terms of the secondary market. We're seeing. A lot of secondary market sales, and it seems like every week there's a new high or a new record set in the secondary market. Uh, and this brought up a good conversation in terms of artist royalties, and then those platforms that do not have artist royalties to enable them. What's your position on this?
1: Uh, yeah, so I mean, we, we love royalties. We think it's like an amazing aspect of Nifty's that doesn't exist in the traditional art market. On the on Nifty Gateway 2.0, on our secondary marketplace, there are royalties. So you know, artists who create a collection. And then, you know, if that if Nifty's get traded on our secondary marketplace, they do get paid a, a royalty and it changes from project to project. Actually, we like give them some latitude over what size of royalty they want to take. And I, I also think, you know, we've been engaging in a lot of conversations with people from the, the traditional art world. They're really they love that feature. They think it's incredibly cool. Um, it's a big draw. I think it's been really helpful for bringing traditional artists into this space and I think it'll be even more like attractive going forward as artists are like well I could create physical art or I could create nifties and get a, a kind of the secondary market sales so yeah I, I love royalties
0: talking to one of the larger investors in this space because you have I would say about six to seven major players that are buying in the thousands of nfts on a regular basis and they have the Medium players were they're probably in the low hundreds to the mid thousands, and then you have the occasional buyers that have a handful of NFTs or maybe one or two that buy every once in a while. So in this conversation, one of the things that was brought up was how to entice uh, larger collectors to can get into the space. And one of the ideas that was floating around was potentially also including a royalty uh, for the early collector, right? So you're not only investing because you like a piece but you're also kind of betting in the future of that artist. Uh, What do you think about this?
1: I think that's incredibly interesting. Um, i never even, something like that had never even occurred to us before, but like that's an insanely cool use case. Uh, I feel like you're seeing such an explosion of creativity that comes from the idea of a programmable item. You know, that's just something that wasn't possible at all before blockchain technology. And uh, yeah, that, that sounds like an insanely cool use case and definitely something Nifty Gateway would think about adding support for, and I think it's something that artists would be really interested too, because then they're aligned with their collector base even more.
0: I completely agree, because it solves an issue that we have in the traditional scene, where typically an artist that is developing their skill pays a large amount of their profits to galleries. They're always looking for this patron to kind of continue their work. With this, as an investor, you find somebody that has all the signs of becoming a really good artist, You buy an artwork that allows the artist now to focus on working on more pieces. And then as a buyer, if you're looking at this as an investment, it may play out really well long term. One of the recurring questions coming from people looking into the space is, what can I do with my NFT once I bought it? Does it just sit on on my wallet? i know there's a few projects that are working on bridging that gap between physical and digital do you guys uh display your nfts at all oh man i'm so glad you asked
1: yeah we, we actually just got a a few tvs installed in our house specifically for the purpose of displaying nifties so that they're oriented vertically and they're just you know attached to our walls and uh yeah we, we display some of our nifties there so we uh yeah we I think that's a great use case and my favorite part about that is like when people come over and uh they come to my apartment you know i can walk them around and i can be like you know this is when i acquired this nifty like i love i love talking to people about crypto punks and like walking through the history of niftys and how you know this technology first developed and how counterintuitive it was at first and then i love showing them some of the artists that we have recruited for the platform and are bringing in because i love to talk about how much the space has developed and how, like, we, we originally started off with, you know, just people experimenting, people trying new things. And now we're seeing artists who are, you know, have enormous
0: reputations in the real world, you know, getting into this space. So how do you guys decide what ultimately makes it into your platform? I'm familiar with one of the projects that caters to a more curated experience. And it always feels a bit counterintuitive to say no but it's in favor of focusing on the higher end of the spectrum. What's your thought process and how do you make the decision?
1: For us, we're really focused on, um, what we're really focused on is story. A lot of really great art just has a, a very compelling story behind it. And that's like what makes objects and what makes life so valuable. You know, it, It's not necessarily just the image, it's what's going on behind it. You know, Van Gogh's Starry Night, that's maybe just an image, but it's also the last painting he painted before he killed himself. So it's much more famous than any other piece of Van Gogh work. And the emotion you can see expressed in like a piece of in a piece of artwork. So that's something we really, really look for, and it's something we've noticed a lot with the artists we've talked to who already have significant followings in the real world or in the non-crypto world, is that they have, you know, a really compelling story behind what they do. And it really gets people's attention because it has a meaning to it. And then yeah, that is the other criteria for us. One thing we are really focused on is people who have large followings outside of the Nifty world. And, you know, those are the people that we really want to talk to you for now because we think there's a huge amount of opportunity explaining to them what Nifty's are and getting them to think it's cool. And that's sort of lined up with what we've seen so far is that the artists we've talked to who already have large followings outside of the world of crypto are really, really excited once they learn about the concept. So those are our main criteria, you know, quality story and a large following outside of the world of crypto right now. Yeah, I should also add. You know, it helps if if there's been like a record of sales. Um, you know, if you're if you're doing gallery shows, that's something we look really favorably on. Um, basically, all kinds of different criteria to evaluate what kind of projects we want to do, and we really also favor. For us, it's all about what can you do with this medium that you can't do other places. So we love creativity. We love people wanting to try new stuff. That's why we liked async art so much because it really takes full advantage of. What is possible in this medium that isn't possible in other mediums?
0: One of the questions that came across is if you're a new artist that wants to apply to Nifty Gateway, what is the process? What are the recommendations? What can you guys hear about that? Once we launch, we're gonna have
1: a an application form on our website. You can also email work with us at niftygateway.com and then we'll we'll basically just evaluate any artist who like you know reaches out to us there on an ongoing basis. And for us, it's also, you know, as I mentioned, we're we're basically unveiling new content every two to three weeks. So we have sort of a rhythm to our releases. We really look favorably upon uh, sort of themed releases and grouping together artists that like make a lot of sense. Tell us how you fit into like a larger picture, like how you could be part of a a theme drop. That would be really cool.
0: So tell us a little bit more about your launch. You go live on the 17th. What can the audience expect by the moment you go live? What are they going to see? Do they need to sign up? And how quickly they can start collecting after that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, So the marketplace drops on the 17th, like you said. What's going to go live then are the three projects with those artists that we're super, super excited about. Michael Kagan, who's the futuristic space-themed artist. Lyle Awarko, whose work focuses on free expression, the Boombox project, and then Chris Cyborg. He's the MMA fighter who's really passionate about crypto and has a large following. So those three projects are going to launch on the launch date, along with a secondary market to trade just the nifties from those projects. Um, And then after launch, we're going to slowly start adding other nifty projects that are already out there to our centralized USD exchange. And then we're going to be doing new drops of new projects with artists every two to three weeks after that so the launch is really just the beginning um at first it really will be all about you know the, the drops the projects that are coming every two to three weeks and then we're slowly going to ramp up activity on the secondary marketplace which is a centralized exchange like gemini and uh so th- that will build more slowly over time but
0: the really big event with the launch is those three projects which like i said we're super super excited about guys it's been a pleasure i really appreciate your time i'm super excited about your launch Not only because of the possibilities of a new platform and what it can do to the crypto art scene, but also excited about the projects that sit outside of crypto and can now be onboarded via tokenization. So I'm honestly super excited about what you guys do next.
1: Thanks so much, Javi.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're super excited as well. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. for listening to this episode of Curating Crypto. If you liked this episode, please help us by sharing, rating, and subscribing. You can also stay in touch by following us on Twitter at Curating Crypto, where we will be sharing additional information and links related to the topics we've covered in these sessions.